Welcome to First Draft. For this week, I am Chris Sproul, joined by Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, Jr. Fellas, there's been an extraordinary amount of intrigue around Tua this week. I'm on a first-name basis. But it didn't get any less intriguing when Kuyper popped him in at number three on his mock draft yesterday. Mel's point, and I'm reading this right, Mel, Mm-hmm. wasn't just that Detroit is going to take him at number three. You just think that that is a spot for another team to also be getting to to get him as well. But it set off a whole round of opinions. I know you guys were talking about this last yesterday, but for the this podcast is all about going a little bit deeper. And with all these opinions flying on who this guy is, what his health status is, I kind of wanted to set up a little game of two or false. Tua or false, Daniel. Work with me. Um, and just go through some of the topics. Todd, I know this is a big one for you, so I'll let you get started here. Tua or false, Tua could be in play for the number one pick if healthy, even after Joe Burrow's crazy year. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can't say false. So it's Tua. I guess it's Tua. Um, but he couldn't say true too definitively. Not right, because you can't, Todd. Really, you I, really can't say true. I think that there's a a, a chance. You know, it's a very small chance. If you maybe five percent, something like that, and it really does come down to the medical. But if the medical pro- progresses to the point where everyone in the organization is comfortable with them, and and they think it it really comes down to just the the player evaluation. Then yeah, I have Tua. If you're just going off of what you see on tape and the player, it's very very close between Tua Tungavailoa and Joe Burrow. In my opinion, I would take Tua again. And I've said this before, and it, it's we don't live in a fantasy land. But if you gave me a crystal ball and and well, promised me ten years of health, then I would take Tua and and run with him. But I just knowing that the evaluation is so close on these two players, Burrow has been durable. He's he has more throws, so it's not like, you know, you think about Tua and you think that he had a, a longer career, but I think Burrow had two hundred plus more attempts than Tua did during their their, uh, their college career. So Burrow has been healthy; he's stayed healthy. And if you look at the history of, of quarterbacks, first round guys especially over the last ten years, guys that get injured in college typically wind up going on and having injury issues in the NFL. And so for that reason, I would I would. Still take Burrow over Tua um, if you had the same grade on him and you felt good about the evaluation. But if you promised me health for 10 years, I would take Tua over Burrow, if that makes sense. Kuiper, mm-hmm. Tua or false? Washington should at least consider Tua over Chase Young at number two. I think consider if he was healthy. And again, it goes back to if Drew Brees would have been healthy, it had been a Dolphin, not a Saint. But he wasn't, so they opted for Culpepper. So again, here's the situation with Tua, not completely healthy, medical being an issue, durability being an issue, with three separate at lower extremity injuries, uh, that I think if you're the Redskins right now, you move forward with Dwayne Haskins and you draft Chase Young. But it's definitely tempting. Because two is better than Haskins. So you want to be better at quarterback than you are. That's always what you want to be. Unless you get, you can't get better and great. And, uh, but if you, unless you have a great one, good, you can get the great. Mediocre, certainly you can get the good. And I think in this case, if Tua wasn't coming into this process 
with that question, I would take Tua if Burrow went one. Wow. And I would take Burrow if Tua went one, if I were the Redskins. But the injury would make it a little bit more difficult to do that. So I would say it's definitely worth strongly considering. Tua or false, Todd McShay, Tua does not have a quick release. I saw this on the interwebs a little bit yesterday, and I saw you doing some dunking on it, and I, I, I need it on Tua or false. Yeah, I don't even know who it was that said it, but I saw Mina, <laughs> Mina, and I was on a thread, I guess, after the, the podcast that I did with her on the daily, and, um, I mean, it's, it's just laughable. I mean, you can, you can talk about Tua's thing, right? durability issues. You can talk about, you know, lefties and success in the NFL. You can talk about him having a great supporting cast and, and open passing windows and, and all sorts of other issues if you want to get into it. But, Quick release is, is one of his strengths. I mean, he, that's what, that's what the, you, you mentioned Drew Brees earlier, Mel. That, that's why I go back to Drew Brees. I, that's why I think they're so alike with the twitchiness, the suddenness, the ability to check off of one, uh, one receiver and, and barely even make the look to the, to the next progression. And it, it's, it's all tied together. His feet, his eyes and then his instincts and he just trusts it he trusts what he sees and that ball gets out so quickly i think it's one of his great strengths it's a unique trait that he has that uh, that you know that a lot of elite quarterbacks have and i think it's one of the reasons that he has a chance to be a great pro eerily similar just to tag on that are breeze and tua and the situations kind of mirror each other and it's ironic how it all worked out Todd. you compare Tua, you say lefty, uh, left-handed version of Drew Brees, right? Left-handed version of Drew Brees, six feet tall, doesn't have the howitzer, but he's a tremendously uh, instinctive quarterback as a pure passer, and accuracy, precise, all that, just what Drew is. Great kid, right? Leader, everybody loves Tua, right? Well, Nick Saban's all-time favorite player. Same with Brees with Joe Tiller. And Miami could have had Brees. And, and Nick Saban was there when they could have had Breeze. And now Saban Nick Saban's a great story on that, too. Yeah, and now Nick Saban's quarterback is the one we're talking about. What did Nick say about all that? Um, he was he was saying how you know Wayne Heisenga was the owner of the mm-hmm. the Dolphins at the time and and he wanted to take Drew Brees and that was that's pretty public he's not that's not revisionist right. history mm-hmm. he to the point where he went he flew over to to Doctor Andrews James mm-hmm. Andrews and and tried to get a, a second opinion and you know everyone that he spoke to in terms of doctors said you know he he's in better medical condition than. Uh, who was it that they wind up taking? Byron Leftwich? Dante Culpepper. Dante the, Culpepper. He had the knee injury, right? Yeah, the Culpepper, that there was bigger concerns with him long-term than, mm-hmm. than with Breeze. Mm-hmm. And so Saban, as a, you know, a young NFL head coach uh, early in his career in, in the NFL, went to Heisenga and said, listen, I, I think we should take Drew Breeze. I've, I've gone and talked to the medical people and all that. And then Heisenga went back to his, th- their medical staff, right. and Miami staff said, no, no, it's the other way around. And Nick said, if I, if I was where I am in my career now, <laughs> I would have had the, the, you know, the onions to stand up to the guy who owned the organization. But at the time, I just, you know, it, it's his team and he owns it and I, there's nothing I can do. And he's like, that, that could have changed my entire career. I may have never been here yeah. at Alabama. No, when, no, when think about the that, story. Tom. Think about that. The Saints would have never won a Super Bowl, right? Because they wouldn't have had Drew Brees. And Nick would have not been at Alabama, so he wouldn't have won those national championships necessarily. No, maybe another coach could have, but let's face it, Nick did something extraordinary that probably wouldn't have been done. And 
Uh, the one team that would have lost out here, Miami, would have been completely different with Nick and Drew having how long together. We don't know. We don't know if Nick would have been there right now with Drew Brees. Uh, maybe they'd still been coaching. Maybe it, wouldn't be, maybe it would have been Belichick and Brady, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. And Dante Culpepper would have gone to the Browns and won three Super Bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Mel, just look at the board. Tua or false? Mm-hmm. Is there is there even if he falls? Is there a dream scenario where 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 <laughs> yeah. Tua goes and you say, "Oh, that's the right spot for him," or is it or is it more what we're talking about with Breeze in that situation where you really just have no idea at the time, or or do you kind of do the Mel's grade A mock thing and look at a look at the board and say, "Man, I would love it if he would go there." And the way we talk about say. For different reasons, Johnny Manziel ending up with like Andy Reid, you know, like you just you just like the fit. There's so many variables with Tua and where he'll end up. It's hard. Uh, that, that's the hard thing. Well, Frank, well tell me this: how about, say, how, about, you, how about the Chargers and the Dolphins? Is, is there one that you kind of prefer right now? Well, I mean, the Chargers and the Dolphins have a lot of work to do personnel wise, and it seems like they're heading in the right direction from their head coach and their personnel staff and their GM and all that. Indianapolis has Frank Reich. And, you know, you think about Indy playing indoors and Frank Reich being the head coach and the quarterback kind of whisper to a certain extent there. Um, you know, John Gruden with the Raiders, with Las Vegas Raiders at 12. Uh, there's different places. But ultimately, I think the question is, where will he end up? We don't know that right now. Uh, everybody seems to think, Todd, it's going to be somehow, some way, Miami at five. We don't know what their medical... Again, this is ironic, because what's Miami's medical people this time going to exactly. say about Tua? They, they, were, they rejected Drew Brees. Now that they get the, now they get the left-handed version of Drew Brees, you're going to reject this guy? Yeah, that's interesting. Todd, what do you think? One thing that stands out to me is we've had it a couple times in recent years. I'll definitely call out Kansas City moving up and taking Mahomes. Again, while they have a quarterback there who they know can win football games, I'm wondering if there's... If there's a team that falls in love with Tua based on maybe they talked to Saban about him in the in the same way that that Andy Reid and the Chiefs fell in love with Mahomes and just said, hey, whatever, we're going to lose a first round pick for next year. We're going to go get our guy. <sighs> I wonder what the Raiders. Although I don't know that Tua is a, a John Gruden guy. Right. Um, He's not 36. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little too uh, – two is a little too poised and zen and and those sorts of things. Um, I, you know, if I'm the, if I'm the Chargers, I got I, I've got to get a quarterback and I've got to get some interest in this organization because you know I've, they are just they're drowning right now. I, that's the one team that I, I think is kind of lurking and is kind of you know just kind of sitting back there. Um, Indianapolis, do they have the ammunition? I know they like some people in the organization like uh, Jacoby Brissett, so I don't know that they're going to give away a, a lot and and the way they want to build their organization with with draft picks and and for the long haul. I I just don't think that that's them. But um, you know, Miami, I, I agree with Mel. Like, if you're Miami and you feel comfortable. And it is, it's a game of chicken. And we talked about this yesterday because what you want to do as an organization is you want to wait as long as you possibly can to figure out the medical and get as much information in as you can. But if you're Miami sitting there with five picks in the first two rounds, three picks in the first round, and you kind of, you, 
you held back and you made all these moves for this year so that you could go get this guy and make sure that you could get your quarterback for the future. Now, they, they thought for sure it was going to be Tua, and then the, the hip injury happened. So, you know, what do you, what do you do at this point? But in the game of chicken, do you wait and try to get more information? All of a sudden, a team like Oakland packages a, a couple first-round picks and moves up and, and goes to three and takes them? And then are you able to make a deal with, with Washington? Because Washington wa- probably wants to stay home at two and take Chase Young, probably the best p- best player in this year's draft, the Ohio State defensive end. So you, you've you got to make a big decision on when you pull the trigger if you're going to pull the trigger. And How that's what Chris Greer right. and, and the the ownership group, uh, Tom Garfunkel, right. and, and obviously uh, Brian Flores, the head coach, they've got to come together and they've got to make a really difficult decision, Mel. How about this? I yeah. couldn't do it with a mock because of our unwritten rule that we agreed upon, Todd. But I, and to be serious about that, I, I couldn't do it for this reason. But what I wanted to do, and I think you can guess and Chris can guess what I wanted to do. Oh, boy. I wanted it to be two. Because if you're Washington, think about this. If you're the Redskins and you have Miami and the Chargers and whoever, the Colts, the Raiders, you got all these four or five teams that desperately want Tua because the medical's coming back good. Yep. And you're sitting there at two and you say, okay, Burrow's going one. Yep. I can make this deal. Okay, I can make this move here, and I can go and get whoever it is I want, but I can say this pick is valuable. So that becomes that possibility there, and then Detroit, the same thing. You can say, hey, I can take Jeff Okuda, but I can also do something there. The Giants, same thing there. So you have two, three, and four, that more so three and four. That's why I went to Detroit, because losing Chase Young, are you okay losing arguably the best player in the draft? But if you're Detroit or the Giants, you gotta be good if you're the Giants. The Giants think it would be, it would be like hitting the lottery to say, I can move out of four. Okay. If Okuda goes three, but somebody there at four, three, two is going to be saying, I got to get out of here and let Tua go there. And if Tua goes there, then hey, you know, there's Chase Young, you know, sitting there at the third spot. So again, it's going to be really interesting to see what team of those teams I mentioned had the hot pick that they can really parlay into a lot of extra draft choices. Yeah, Washington's interesting because they know they're they're losing Chase Young. That's the decision they have to make. Because exactly. if Chase Young is sitting there three Detroit Exactly. It's, there's no question mm-hmm. in the world what they're gonna do. That's a perfect fit. So so what are you getting at five and then you know um so what do you? You're, you're well, the reason not, I said you're the probably going to give away. Time. You're trading that first right. pick five to to two or five oh, yeah. to three, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then you're you're giving away another first rounder probably this year, first next year, and then a first or a second next year, and then uh-huh. probably like a third this right. year, something like and, that. Right. And the reason why two, Todd. The reason why two is so important. If you're moving up, say. Before, way before the draft. Remember the Carson Wentz thing when they say, we're getting Wentz or golf when Philadelphia moved up? Mm-hmm. They didn't know who they were getting. They said, we're okay with Wentz or golf. Remember all, that whole thing? Yep. And they ended up with Wentz. Golf went one. So if you, if you want to guarantee Tua, you can't go to three. Okay? You can't make a move to three or four because somebody could jump into two. You got to go to two. That's why I said the Redskins are the hot spot because that team is going to have to give up more to get there. To me, and then do it on draft day when you know at three we're getting them. You don't know that unless you get the two right now. You lock in two unless Cincinnati proved took two, and you end up with Burrow. My point is, get the two guarantees you like it did with Wentz and golf what Philadelphia did. Yeah, I would so try. that second pick has a lot of. If you're the Redskins, you can pull that trade off weeks before the draft. 
Yeah, I, I mean, but will Washington do it? And if I don't know. Here's, here's the other thing. If Washington refuses to do it, then you know they're taking Young. Yes. Well, I mean, you would think. You would hope. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. On Somebody the said yesterday, Todd, just and Chris, that Dan Snyder loves uh, Chase Young. and Dan, I don't know that. Somebody mentioned that. You know, the, the million shows we do when we do mock. Somebody mentioned yeah, that. I, I don't I, know. I think, um, Who's, uh, I think Lewis, the, Lewis, Lewis, Lou Riddick said that. Is that, that. Lewis said it? Okay. Yeah, I think and it, probably in connection with, with the Ohio State stuff, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, though, I really want to know a guy who watches the first 10 games that Chase Young played this last year and says, eh, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> yeah. But that's you find agree me, with the Redskins. Find me that if, person. If, I'd be really right. impressed. Yeah, you might work for that team. But the Redskins do have a, a pick that, boy, if you yeah. want Tua, and no, they are willing to move it. It's a high leverage pick. Yeah, and you got that's where you got to get, because going to three or four is not guaranteeing you Tua by any stretch, because somebody else can jump in there ahead of you. So, again, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. I got to do one more, and we're I we got a story in the works about this tonight because there's so little history on it, and I just wonder your guys' perspective. Tua or false? Do you talk to people around the league where left-handedness is even a thing? Ten percent of the population is left-handed, Todd McShay, but there's even fewer quarterbacks. Yeah, that gave, way I in the NFL, it is you know you set your protections a little differently. There's just it's just a little bit of a thing, and it's just it's become so rare that I just wonder if it ever pops up. Never, nope, never heard. Yeah, the only the only once Steve Young life, once Steve Young and Boomer Esiason and Jim Zorn and all that had the same. Nobody's caring. Yeah, the nobody's only person caring. in my life who constantly is asking me about it for some reason is Steve Levy. Really? He's absolutely obsessed, obsessed with the lefty quarterback thing. <laughs> hey, guys, if you want to feel really old, uh, a lefty coming up, uh, I think signed with LSU, is actually Brad Johnson's kid. If that oh, doesn't make you feel old, hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. I don't think was, – was there a single left-handed quarterback in the NFL last year? Not that Kellen Moore is coaching. <laughs> no, he, right. He, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was. No, it, it, it's, a, it's become extraordinarily rare. Um, certainly against, you know, where we, you always had that kind of standout lefty, whether it was a Stabler or a Young, yeah, or, you know, there was, there was a go-to lefty for a time. Stabler, Steve Young. And it has gone away. Yeah. We've had some, like you say, Brunel, Vic, Zorn, Esiason, Steve Young, Todd Marinovich didn't pan out, but, uh, we've had uh, Kenny Stabler, the snake, was the, the yep. greatest of all time. So, um, you know, we've had a lot of, the point is when you have so many successful left-handed quarterbacks, it's not an issue. Just like right now, nobody cares Mike if you're five ten. Nobody cares if you're five ten anymore because of Russell Wilson. That's what helped Kyler Murray become the number one pick. So once somebody kind of has a breakthrough career at that height or being a left handed quarterback, nobody cares anymore. Yeah, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, they figured Waddle. It out. Those those guys seem to be able to catch the ball pretty well. I, I think I think everyone would be just fine. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we are going to jump right. <laughs> we into... like left footed punters though. Oh yeah. yeah, still like that. Belichick especially. But, yeah. yeah, that spin. Mm-hmm. All right, we are going to jump right into a very public division, the NFC East, for large, angry, unhappy fan bases. It's perfect. We're going to jump. We, we we cannibalized a little bit of this conversation, but jumping right into it with the Redskins, I think we need to get beyond the Chase Young discussion here a little bit and get into the fact that the second-round pick is not there. So that first-round pick becomes – it actually 
the idea of trading down kind of comes up a little bit, especially when you consider mm-hmm. that that pick turned into Montez Sweat last year, a pass rusher. So the idea of moving down for a roster that got better through the draft last year, but frankly is still in a unfortunately familiar position. Let's just remind people, this team was 3-13 and last year. The only team in the NFL that was outscored by more was the Miami Dolphins, and it wasn't by much. And Mel, what really sticks out is the Redskins were outscored by 169 points, so you're talking about, you know, over 10 a week, and they did it in a division that was won with a 9-7 and team. It's not like somebody just hopped in and blew them out 50 mm-hmm. to nothing twice. This team was bad, and consistently so. And obviously there was a lot of movement at the quarterback position. You end up with the rookie, but man, it's you can find the spots where you like them on paper, but they got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. The offensive line, uh, you think about tight end, another receiver, even though Terry McLaurin from Ohio State had a really good rookie year. Um, so many issues. Todd's uh, guy, Mel's guy. Keeping guys healthy, edge wow. rusher, you can go one and one. That's why Chase Young makes a lot of sense there if you are moving forward with Dwayne Haskins. And because of Tua's injury, they possibly are. That, that also bodes the question while we're talking about it. If I'm making the Redskin pick so valuable to get this left-handed version of Drew Brees, why won't the Redskins just take Tua and be done with it? And right. say he's an improvement over Dwayne Haskins. We're in a division with Wentz, Jones, and Prescott. We, we can't. We can't. We can't do that. We can't. Uh, we can't pass on Tua if he's healthy. If we get medical clearance here. If everybody else wants to jump in there, and the quarterback's the most important position that's ever been in football in the history of this game, then why would you pass on Tua if you're the Redskins? Let somebody else jump in there and because give you all these picks. Because of your owner. Okay. That's it. I mean, what did you see from Dwayne Haskins that leads you to believe that he's going to be the guy moving forward and? And it's going to take you to to a Super Bowl. I mean, I know it's only one year, but you have to have major concerns about about well, Haskins. Well, what you do too, Todd, is you know what you do because you don't know what what Dwayne's going to be. So to, to his defense, he's a rookie and he had a bad yeah. team around him. Yeah, but I, I, but I, if I, you say, "Oh, but I would go to this," is Todd? What's your grade on Haskins? What's your grade on Tua? I mean, Tua, big difference. Tua, if you're just talking, even coming out last year, Tua was is significantly higher. Right. Right, yeah. so it's not like you're you're saying, well, I'm going to base it all on a rookie year. Of, you're not basing it on Dwayne. Every rookie on a bad Basically team is going to struggle, age, yeah. except Daniel Jones. But all the other rookies will normally struggle on a bad team. So in this case, my point is, if you're the Redskins, and and T- Todd McShay's the GM right now, Todd McShay's yep. the new GM of the Redskins. What are you doing it to? Well, I talked to a, a coach who was considering. You know who was in the running potentially to take mm-hmm. this job, and we okay. we had a long discussion about about what I would do. And I I said first of all you've got to have full control over personnel, mm-hmm. and I said that that starts with the the quarterbacks because you're going to be you're going to be drafting it too, and there's going to be very likely a better quarterback there. Okay. And so I would take I would take if the medical came back like we're talking about and, and we're comfortable with it moving forward, I would take Tua. And I'd bring him in, and I'd let him compete with Haskins. And I'm, I would assume Tua was going to win out that job. But you give Haskins maybe a full year as, as Tua continues to get healthy to to develop. And and then, worst case, Tua wins the job a year from now. And now you can trade Haskins yeah. and, and get some value for it. Come Steve Walsh, Troy Aikman. Yeah. So, uh, to me, you can make up for more sins – at quarterback than any other position on the field, and it's not even freaking close. So why in the world 
would you pass up on upgrading significant, potentially significantly that quarterback position in order to just to take a Chase Young, who's a great player, and I think he's going to be one of the elite pass rushers in, in all of the NFL one day. But to me, if you don't get that quarterback position right, you're going to con- continue to be a, a sub-500 team, and you're not going to come close. And Daniel Snyder, to his credit, according to this coach that I spoke to that you mm-hmm. know was meeting with him, Daniel Snyder is embarrassed by how this organization has played, has played and he is ready to to try to make the turn and do anything that he can. The problem is, can he get out of his own way? That's trust the big his issue. people. Trust yes, his exactly. people. Right. Uh, you know what? And I, I'm I'm going to back up uh, Mr. McShay here, Mel, because let's look at this. Just just throw out the whole situation and look at it this way: Arizona Cardinals two years ago they drafted Josh Rosen where at ten overall. The next year with a new coach in there, they say, you know what? They they listen to McShay there and they say. You can make up for any sin if you get the right quarterback and you get him on his rookie deal for five years. They just they just went ahead and flipped Rosen, to, you know, took the sunk cost and went and got Kyler Murray. Haskins was taken at fifteen, so the idea that this the the idea that it's your pot committed to Dwayne Haskins over a handful of games when you took him so recently is a first round pick. We've seen that idea blown up in so recently. In fact, right. this last year, and again, I think Arizona's pretty excited about what they have. And that was unique. That was a unique situation with Cliff Kingsbury coming right. in, because if it wasn't for Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray's not going number one. They're probably staying with Josh Rosen and drafting Nick Bosa. So that was the the coach made that decision and made Kyler Murray the number one pick. Another coach wouldn't have. So uh, we'll see. I mean, that, that's sure. just worth talking through. So I'm kind of glad we talked through that, because it at least uh, you know, lets everybody know what these teams should be thinking about. No, it is. It's going to be really fascinating. I can see, I can see this coming up again, um, right up until, you know, five minutes before that pick comes in. Guys, let's jump to the New York Giants. First round pick, number four overall, familiar territory, unfortunately. Um, they do have their second round, their 36 overall. They're missing a third, uh, via trade for Leonard Williams. Um, but they might get a third-round pick back for Landon Collins, obviously, who's ended up within the division. Interesting thing about the Giants, you know, they actually have a couple bucks in free agency, about $60 million, um, with a chance to get a little bit more. Number four overall, Todd, I'll let you get it started. You know, we've brought this up as a potential trade spot. Is there a can't-go-wrong pick if he's there at number four, trade or not? Um, I don't know that there's a can't go wrong. I mean, it's it's tough to say can't go wrong at that point. But uh, you know, if I'm if I'm Dave Gettleman, I'd like I'd love to trade. You know, but I I just don't see I don't see Detroit passing up the option. Let's say Washington stays at two and takes Chase Young. Mm-hmm. I don't see Detroit passing up the option to move out of that spot. Where yeah, you know Jeff Okuda is a great cornerback coming out of Ohio State, and and you need that cornerback, and you could go in different directions. But but to me, as an organization, you, to get a, a you know three picks, four picks, and to be able to to bolster that roster that that obviously needs help, um, I don't think I think Detroit would be the spot that a team would move into to uh, to make a trade if a team is moving up like Miami to to go and and get to a, a number three. So. 
then then you're stuck and, and you're going to wind up taking a player there. So if it's if it's Chase Young and two quarterbacks that go before you, um, you know, Okuda's a good fit. Jeff Okuda is, is the best player on the board and, and would I think would make a, a lot of sense. They're, they need an edge rusher, but once Chase Young goes at number two, then there's not an edge rusher that you love. I mean, uh, Kayla Von Chasen, the, the LSU defensive end, has got a lot of tools and, and – Four and a half sacks came in the in the final final four games of his uh, of his six and a half sacks this past year, and he he was the leading tackler on the team despite being injured most of the year and, and missing two games. I mean, he's a player, but but he's not worth, in my opinion, the the fourth overall pick. So Okuda makes sense, but I would love if I'm if I'm Gettleman to get an offer to move out of that spot to try to get a couple picks because they let's face it, they still have multiple holes to fill in that roster. Mel, what do you think in terms of uh, what they're looking for? Yeah, I think Isaiah Simmons would be interesting there uh, with Okuda if that scenario worked out to be where the quarterbacks went and Young went. That's what I gave him last time. Yeah, Simmons or Okuda. um, I think uh, that's where, again, they probably would go. You brought up the point about the linebacker with the Giants. Maybe they go Okuda. That would be a tough one. I went with Okuda in this projection. Had Simmons going. We could break two of the longest streaks in the the draft, Mel. If Okuda goes three to Detroit, Terry Fair in in 1998 is the last first rounder for Detroit. And what Carl Banks was uh, 84, the last first (laughs) rounder. So, I mean, two of the longest streaks of of Mm -hmm. not drafting a position in the first round could be, could be broken this year. And what they have to do, and I'll just to cut through all what they what they have to do, and we're not even discussing this position yet. They got to protect the quarterback, and they couldn't last year. Right. I mean, there was a, a one play, and it was late in the year where they was in the shotgun, and Daniel Jones takes a snap. He's got a guy coming off the edge, so he take, looks over, drops the ball, goes picks the ball up within a split second. As soon as he drops the pick, the ball up, guy nails him, and the ball goes flying. That's, That's what how when you drop the ball, Mel. Well, <laughs> he, stop. Here it was we like go. A split, it was a Here split we go. second. The, the he's excuses in the begin. He's in the shotgun. He's in the shotgun. It was a split second drop, and boom, he's nailed. So he, he, put his, he didn't even get his hands on the ball. That's how quickly got the, the, the defensive right. tackle was in the backfield. So they had no protection. The guy had a heck of a year. I say a hell of a year, not a heck of a year. He had a hell of a year for Who a rookie did? quarterback with a bad offensive line. Daniel no, Jones was started. impressive. I watched every snap, every game of this year, Daniel Jones, and he was impressive. And if you're going to be objective about it, you had to be impressed. The guy was 62% with guys in his face, throwing Danny Dimes, throwing accurate strikes anywhere down the field. You think he went to Calvary precise passing, accuracy, arm strength, toughness, looking down the gun barrels, jaws, always said. 24 touchdowns, only 12 picks, a couple rushing touchdowns. The fumbles, he had 11 lost. He's still, he's still, he's still 11 fumbles lost. That's 26, 26 touchdowns and he would have had 23 turnovers. So again, 26, 23 is better than a lot of these other quarterbacks been in the league longer, even with the fumbles, which weren't his fault. As I said, that's the offensive line. That wasn't just a drop. There were other cases where he's hit before he could do anything. Now, Grant, I'm not going to argue the fact that he's got to cut those fumbles way down. You've you got to cut that down to, you know, five, four. You've got to get that down from 11 loss to five or four loss. Cut that in half. He's got to do that. I'm, no, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you on that. You are a thousand percent correct, Todd. The, the fumbles have to be eliminated. Not eliminated, but cut down 55. dramatically. Todd, huh? Todd, cross-examine this, please. He had a QBR of 55. He had 11 fumbles, as you said. So he turned the ball over twenty three times. He I don't care about QBR. Mel counts the dimes. He was sacked thirty. Who cares that QBR? 
Well, I mean, we have to use something. I, mean, I, use, I use 62%, 24-12, touch interception ratio. To, and I use the fact that when you watch to, the game, two he's, one, Todd, that's, he's not, un, that's not good. Wait a minute. He's under duress all the time. He's got he none also, of the receivers. He, he's, he's, he's got none of the receivers healthy at once. Ingram was out. Tate was out. Shepard was out. He had all those guys in and out of the lineup. Barkley was out. Then he had to do a Caden Smith. He and Caden Smith had, one had of the good best synergy. Running back could ever have. He missed time, and he also dropped a couple balls, and uh, and he wasn't there the whole time, and they had an offensive line that was horrible, which impacted him and impacted also Daniel Jones. And Caden Smith had a step in the tight end, did a good job. Slayton showed promise as a rookie, but he never had his receivers together. He had a horrible line, and he completed 60, and he got the ball out. He threw great passes. He should put it this way. Internally, they love him. I mean, we, we, Mel and I could go back and forth on this all day long. Right. I, the one thing we agree on is they've got to address the, this offensive line. I mean, the Giants, have they've got to get it fixed. And you can't really – the only thing I'll say for Mel's defense is you can't really give a full evaluation until they give them better protect, protection. Yes, now, you can. They yes, brought you in can. Nate, they brought in Nate Solder. They used a second-round pick on Will Hernandez. Uh, I'm going through – and that was in 2018. But otherwise – Solder has not been good. Otherwise, Remmers and Solder. Let's face it, the offensive line was hard. They didn't yeah, Eric, Eric Flowers was the last first-round yeah. pick that they've used, and he, he didn't work out coming out of Miami. That was 2015. So you're talking 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, f- five years ago that they, that they used a, a first-round pick on an offensive lineman. They used a second-round pick on Weston Richburg. So the, that 2014, 20, actually 2013, 14, 15 is when they invested in the offensive line. With Eric Flowers in the first, Weston Richburg, the center, coming out of Colorado State, which I, I thought was going to be a, a really good pick um, in the second, and Justin Pugh, the tackle from Syracuse, in the first in 2013. So for three straight years, you would figure if you used three picks in three, a three-year span in the first and second round on offensive line, you got this thing figured out. And then they go ahead and use that second-round pick a few years later, on on uh, the guard Will, uh, Will Hernandez out of El Paso, UTEP, and but they still just you know Mike Remmers now right tackle Solders not getting it done Will Hernandez solid uh, you know Kevin Zeitler what is he going to I just this offensive line it's like no matter what they do whether it's uh, veterans or or using early picks they just haven't been able to get it right and it, it's surprising to me Mel. Hey, mm-hmm. Mel, I'll just throw mm-hmm. this out there mm-hmm. because it's happened two straight years with the number four pick and the number six pick, or excuse me, the number two pick and the number six pick. They're, they're, you know, Barkley's a great player, but we all know where Mel Kuyper stands on drafting running backs early in the draft. And Daniel Jones, though they might really like him, number six on our on both of your boards, you were going, oh, that's, that's a little bit rich. It's not. It wouldn't be crazy, given the track record of how they might value a player if they consider a need position for them to be the team that reaches on one of these tackles. Well, let me just say this. I think if, with Barkley and with Jones, whether you flip it, okay, and you say they could have taken Darnold or Allen or whoever it was instead right. of Barkley, then you still don't have the running back, and you got to get that guy. So now they have Jones, and they, so it worked out fine for Dave Gettleman. I don't think anybody can. Haven't won any him. football games. 
Well, the bottom line is there's other reasons behind the. Hey, if they if all the if their problems moving forward are Barkley and Jones, then I'll come back here and say, boy, were we a bunch of idiots? Their problem is the quarterback and the running back. The problem isn't that they have a franchise quarterback. So now they just all have right. to build the line. So then we'll say according okay, to Mel Kiper. Well, according, according to anybody who watches the Giants, except Todd, and you, let's face it, you didn't like him coming in, so you're gonna, you're gonna ride this cr- false narrative through his career and always never give the kid credit. <laughs> you know, I, it's on, it is honestly one of the most surprising things that, and it shouldn't be because I've worked with you for so long now, what, going on 15 years. Right. Too long. It still is so shocking to me, cause I, I thought this was gonna be an easy one. Like, yeah, you know, it was rookie year. But he clearly didn't play as well as I thought. He played you know, I'm unbelievable. Worried. I'm he worried. That's Todd, what, I, I just assumed. I assumed that was the na- that was going to so be the narrative. Be- and I and was, you were hey, going to come crawling I back to me it, saying, "You know what? I hope your two is better." Are you are you delusional? I mean, I, you got to be, be dreaming delusional or, or delusional. drinking something other than your uh, your hey bottle guys, of water. I, I honestly I, think you're delusional if we if we watch the same game. If you watch, if we go back and watch every giant game and saw the throws, I think you should have to. It might be our summer show. I'd say, what are you looking at? And you can say the same to me. Tell me, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Because if I'm looking at the Giants week after week with Let's what get this cut kid up. had to deal with, with receivers we, we spend, in and out. We never spend plenty of time alone in that green room. I'd love I'd to watch it. I want to go back to every throw. game and every Let's, snap. Because if you, came, if you came out of that season saying that Daniel Jones was not as good as you thought he would be, then I, I can't argue with it because that's your opinion. I'll give you That's your opinion. But I'm telling you. I came out of this season and I watched them week after week. And yes, he's not, uh, wasn't, he's a rookie with a bad team. What else? I don't know how you could want any more than what we saw. I mean, because you can pick and choose stats. Hell, they're still criticizing Josh Allen because, oh, this, this, this guy improved in every area, but people are still going to take shots at him. Yet he led his team to a playoff when these other guys didn't. So there's always going to be quarterbacks because of what people said about them when they were drafted that they're going to never be satisfied with. And I'll say it's Daniel Jones because they weren't, you weren't the only one, Todd. There were a lot of people around the country saying this is a terrible pick horrific laughing at the Giants so Daniel Jones and Josh Allen remember when draft day with Josh Allen these are two quarterbacks that no matter what they do will never get credit good news for the Giants uh last year they had the 27th ranked defense uh by football outsiders so all they got to do is you know solve that other side of the ball yeah too, I was just gonna say just I mean fine. that's Besides the offensive line you know Leonard <laughs> Williams is a free agent David Mayo is a free agent Deion Buchanan's a free agent um, you know they're what they've got. They've got a need at corner linebacker. No, no question, corner linebacker. Yeah, they, they they need another edge rusher. I mean, they, they could do. This team is they've they've got holes. They've they've got. I mean, they're picking at four for a reason, and it, it's not just the the fumbles by the quarterback. The team that is picking in the first round, number seventeen overall, Dallas Cowboys. Todd. I'll let you get in a word edgewise here. Both of you have seen these. Both of you guys have mocked a uh, safety to this team. It's obviously a neat area. Every single team in this division, frankly, needs help in the secondary. Dallas, um, no problems there. The interesting thing about the Cowboys is they do have one elite unit. Unlike the Giants, they have that. They have the offense in place. I mean, this, this team scored 434 points last year. For stretches of the season, it might have been the most efficient offense in football. But, yeah, here they are, underachieving at 8-8, eight and eight, and they're picking in the first round at 17 overall. Todd, what are you looking at here? Well, you know, safety, as you mentioned. They've got, you know, Amari Cooper is a free agent. Randall Cobb's a free agent. Tavon Austin's a free agent. Um, 
Basically the whole D-line. Yeah, a good chunk of their defensive line. Uh, Malik Collins, Robert Quinn, some of their backups. uh, Sean Lee, what's going to happen there at, at the linebacker position? And then... You know, you've got a corner and a safety that are that are free agents as well. So they they've got a lot of of money that's kind of out there, and a lot of questions, including Dak Prescott and what you know how much money they're gonna. They've got to kind of start there and see how much they're spending there, and and then move on. So they've got a lot of work to do with this roster starting in a month, and and that will dictate what their needs are. But I, I think depending on free agency, wide receiver could be a need. Maybe not with that first pick. What are you doing at tight end? Is, you know, Jason Witten. You know, is he is he your guy moving forward? Do you are you going to draft a guy maybe early, like the second, third round? Bring in a, a tight end who can who can help and, and be that be that next guy. I, I think that that's going to have to be something they look into. And and then the defense. I mean, like we said, in the secondary, they need a safety. They they could use another corner. Um, they need an edge rusher. I think they could they could upgrade there. So. They've got a lot of needs, and, and they pick at 17 overall, so it's, it's not like they're in, in great shape to, to address it with an elite player. But, I, you know, is Xavier McKinney still going to be there from Alabama? I, I don't know at this point. I mean, he, he keeps on climbing. Maybe it's C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida, who, who only played nine games this year but is freakishly athletic and oily hips and quickness and speed, and he's got the tools to be a, a top-tier starter at corner. And then, again, again, wide receiver, do they take advantage of the depth maybe in the second round with some of these receivers? Like LaVisca Chenault, does he slip a little bit? Your boy out of Colorado, Mel, that you mm-hmm. didn't have going in the first round in this last mock draft. And there, there are so many wide receivers. I said it the other day. Set, I've got seven in the top 31 in terms of overall rankings and 19 that have grades in the first three rounds. So you can get a receiver in the second, third round I think that first pick is probably going to be on the defensive side. Mel, this is a team that outscored opponents by 113 points last so year crazy. and only ended up 8-8. Eight and eight. That's like kind of impossible to do, but that was just the Cowboys' M.O. The, the, the nice thing, Todd pointed out, this team does have their first, they have their second, they have mm-hmm. their third-round picks. Um, hasn't always been the case for that team. What stands out to you? No identity. Uh, they don't know who they are. And uh, I, I look at Dak and Zeke. They're very good. Zeke's a great running back, and Dak's a very good quarterback. But they have they don't know who they're – are they Zeke's team? Are they Dak's team? It can't be both. You know, it's somebody's got to be the lead here. And they really have never – and the way they – the play calling, you get with Kellen Moore, I know he's adjusting to that role. Not having Amari Cooper on the field at a critical moment, there's nothing should ever prevent you from having him on the field. If you're not going to him, you got to have him on the field. So it's just some of the things that were going on with the Cowboys after that start made no sense. Um, they have some work to do. Uh, people think they have the right head coach now, McCarthy, that he can round this whole thing into shape and get these guys to maximize their ability and get the right systems in place and get everybody clicking. We'll see. But, uh, you know, you think about where they are in this first-round pick. Todd mentioned McKinney. It is hard to say if he'll be there at 17. Uh, he could go a little higher. Then does Grant Delpit get back in play? Grant Delpit, we talked about the word polarizing. Todd, you brought up Justin Herbert yesterday. The most polarizing player on defense is Delpit. Uh, by far. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy two years ago made plays. This year missed tackles. He had the ankle injury. How much do you excuse away because of it? Got a little better late. Uh, should test well. There's, there's word that he should run in the four fours. 
He may not run at the combine. His pro day will be April 3rd, okay? So we'll see what that 40 time is once he runs. But some think he's a first. Some think he's a mid to late first. Some think he's a late second or third round pick, Todd. Yeah, I, if you go off of this year's tape, he's a, he's a second round pick. Probably, if you if you go off of career, he's a first round pick. And coming into the year, I thought he had a chance to be a top ten player. And it's tough because some of these guys, and understandably, get it in their head that I'm going to be a top ten pick, and it, it takes away a little bit of the the spark and the juice. And there's always in the back of your mind, in some guys' minds. You know, the concern, and, and sometimes we knock them and then they wind up going in the league and, and playing at the level that we saw them the year before. I mean, uh, Derwin James is a good example. You know, his, mm-hmm. his last year at, at Florida State, well, it, it, you look at that and you said, yeah, he's, he's a good, he's a good player and he's a first round talent, but I, I don't know that he's going to be one of the, the premier players in this class. And so it, it happens and we've seen it before and it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if that's the case with Grant Delpit out of LSU when it's all said and done. Uh, but he's a he's a difficult evaluation because he didn't play up to up to par this year. One thing that does stand out is the Cowboys are going to want to get some players. I could even see this as a team that that moves down a couple spots. Last year's draft is, I mean, to say it's an incomplete so far is kind of understating it. Tristan Hill, second rounder. They don't know what they have yet there. Um, Connor McGovern, a guard they took last year out of Penn State. Don't know where they have there. Tony Pollard saw the field as a running back. You'd expect that. But Michael Jackson, the cornerback. Joe Jackson, the defensive end. In some ways, you know, you, they're also not just hoping that the 2020 draft comes through a little bit. They got to hope they get a little bit more out of the 2019 draft. Not a shock that a pretty good football team doesn't get a lot out of the rookie class, but that's definitely going to be something to watch from a depth perspective going into the coming year. Guys, the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, they're the, they're like the, the personification of how quickly this league changes, where a team that looks like they're short on needs, get you get through about 10 weeks, about 12 weeks, and suddenly they don't have a secondary, and what's the future of tackle? And I mean, I mean Todd, the, the Eagles, <laughs> how quickly things change. Can the quarterback stay healthy? You guys have given them wide receivers in uh, different mock drafts so far. So far, Mel T. Higgins in one, Henry Ruggs in one. Uh, Todd, that was a big problem towards the end of the year, where it seemed like the, the the last guys left on the roster were tight ends to to catch the passes. I mean, a lot of it's just been attrition, Todd. But what do you see overall in terms of this team's strategy for this draft? Well, I think you know you're picking it at twenty one overall. They, they've obviously they've got two good pass uh, pass catchers at at, uh, at the tight end position. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. What are you getting there? Nelson Aguilar is a is a free agent at wide receiver. I think wide receiver is one of the top needs. But I also look at this team and and I I think you know cornerback. Are they bringing back Ronald Darby? And and do they believe that he can be a, a you know a top end starter? Um, Jalen Mills is a free agent as well, so they've got they've got corner issues. They could use another edge rusher, I believe. Um, I think linebacker, and, and you mentioned offensive tackle as well. So right. they've got several needs. It, I, I hate to say it, and it's it's kind of boring, but you you sit there and and you kind of wait to see what falls to you. If if you love the value at, at wide receiver, then you go ahead and take one. But you also know that that you can get. 
some depth at that, you know, I talked about the depth at that position. You can get some really good players at wide receiver in the second and third round. So, so maybe you hold off and, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe a guy at another position, maybe it's an offensive tackle that you really like, like, um, uh, I don't know, Andrew Thomas, if, if he, if he's still around, if, if you like him, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Thomas's, but, uh, we'll see where the, where the tackles go. I think they're all going to go a little bit earlier than than maybe their grade because because it runs out quickly. And then cornerback, edge rusher, linebackers. I mentioned those are some of the positions that that you wait and see what's around and what's available when you get there. But knowing the Eagles, I think they'd rather move back than move up and give away picks. You know they they've got a lot of guys from the, the Baltimore Ozzie Newsom organization there, and and you know. At times, the leadership wants you know gets a little antsy, but but I think that they, when it comes to draft time, they would rather move back. I think and and collect a couple picks if they get the opportunity. Hey, I'll tell you what, Mel. They also you know Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz has had his health issues, um, and they don't really know what they have at 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 backup corner a quarterback right yeah. now. And it's you know with McCown and Sudfeld are both free agents. Hey, maybe one sticks around, but it is one of those situations where got to put a little bit of a premium on that backup quarterback position because you still want you still think you're a competitor to win the division and if Carson Wentz is out one game or he's out five or he's out none regardless you're gonna want to feel good about who's coming off your bench at that position yeah yeah that would be like say a Mariota if you can get somebody like that somebody that's a veteran is a proven entity but you're right I mean Wentz Todd talks about fumbles where he had seven fumbles 16 fumbles Seven were lost. So, I mean, he's a very good quarterback, but he did have some fumbling. That's, again, not him. It's the offensive line. It's a lot of issues. But, uh, again, Wentz with targets. I thought Higgins. I thought, did you have rugs there? Is that who you had rugs? Yeah. Yeah. Higgins is the, is the uh, interesting one. 6'4". He should be a power forward. He isn't always. Um, you like to see a little bit more physicality out of that. A little bit better burst. I think the combine time will be important. You think with 4'5 to 4'5'6", somewhere in that area. That should be enough to put him in that uh, 21 area to Philadelphia. Um, they like corners. C.J. Henderson from Florida, if he were there, fine. But I would think cover, guy, cover men at corner, they seem to be always going that route. And then, uh, you know, targets for Wentz. And then that, and they have all the other areas you touched on, they have to fix. Uh, and Carson Wentz, we all agree on, is a, a very good quarterback. So uh, to impact him more positively, help him out, uh, but also get some guys on a back end that can cover. Guys, we've hit the NFC East as well as Tua or False. Can be if you're listening, Mel and Todd want to stay on campus after the draft. I'll give it four days, do four games a day of Daniel Jones film. Just really get into it. That's going to be fun. Maybe we'll do a podcast for each day. During April. Yeah. I can hear Todd how excited he is. He's like, I don't want to be back and I don't want to Some start. Poor I don't want to start my summer beard. And gonna have to I can just yet. tell you, I can eliminate this guy. We're not doing that. We're not doing that because we have players to worry about. I'm not worried about Daniel Jones and what happened okay. there. So, because Todd's never going to Hey, you know what? We'll do it on the flight back from, uh, from Vegas. We'll do it on the flight back from Vegas. Oh, that's be yeah. Nice. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll be sleeping as I always do on a flight back to wherever we're coming no, you from. Won't. You'll be tapping your toes and bouncing up and down, asking me questions, wondering what Todd Snyder, our producer, is up to for our, yeah. our, our show. Yeah, exactly. That's always a fun flight back, Todd. Oh, man. Keeps getting yeah. longer. Guys, that's first draft for this week. I'm Chris for Mel, Todd, Daniel Jones, Tua, and the gang. It's been fun. We will do it again. Combine preview coming up next week. <laughs>